How was your Thanksgiving? There we go. Hey, how goes it? Ken Bozak here to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin accessories. And today I'm with my bro, bro, Rice Crypto. How goes it, bro? It's all good, man. What's going on, Ken? Hey, man, I'm just chilling, just chilling. Just got done doing a live stream earlier to catch up for yesterday's holiday and um, doing one of these every single day. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let everybody know a little bit about Rice Crypto, who you are, a uh, little bit about what you do, and maybe how you got into the space. Yeah, well, my name is Chris Rice Crypto, and I'm a content creator. I'm also uh, a contributor with World Alternative Media. I'm an anarchist. I'm a voluntarist. My goal with my channel was basically to wake people up. I'm trying to get people to start thinking for themselves and utilize cryptocurrencies, blockchain technologies to help embrace those changes of getting away from the old systems that we have kind of going on. Um, I noticed uh, an echo. I don't know if it's on my end or I just if I'm just hearing it. Uh, it sounds good on my end. Okay, it's cool because I got headphones in, but it's just kind of weird. So yeah, I'm a content creator. Me and you, uh, actually, a little, little less than a year ago now, we did our first not another Bitcoin interview together, and then about a month later after that, me, you, and Mark Ross, Crypto Max, started doing a, a, sh a regular show together that ended up becoming last week in Crypto Tonight. So uh, I think a lot of people who watch your channel are pretty familiar with me. If you're not, definitely check out my YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter. All the social media, all that stuff's in the description box down below. Ken hooked it up. So. Yep. Yeah, there's links down below. Click on the links. Check out Rice Crypto. Uh, so, yeah, dude, I know you're more of like the uh, the sort of like the political guy in our circle, in our little group here. Uh, I know bit. you recently interviewed um, Kokesh, right, Adam? Yeah, I mean, actually, I've had Kokesh on my show like three separate times now. And uh, John McAfee as well, who's running for president. Actually, and the crazy thing is they're both running for president with the Libertarian Party. So it's kind of interesting. I've gotten to interview two different candidates for a presidency in 2020. But the interview with um, with that I did with John McAfee, I did for World Alternative Media. And um, that was that was a really interesting deal, man. I saw your interview, the one that you did with Sean, Sean yeah. Hebert. Yeah, that Shout was more like a relaxed like, conversation. Like, every time I'm with John McAfee, it's like just shooting the shit with a crazy uncle. I just don't want to, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just shooting the shit. But, like, yours was more professional. Definitely more professional. Well, and I was trying to keep it that way for World Alternative Media. Um, I'm going to do a follow-up on my channel that's going to be kind of more loose. And I actually might have the luxury of doing it in person because... He's invited me out to his home, and he lives here in North Carolina where I'm at, so it's only a couple hours away. So I talked to his wife, Janice, and got hooked up with his his now ex-CEO, Jimmy Watson, and um, they're the ones who made it happen. And when I spoke with him before the interview, um, you know, we talked about where I was located, where he was located, and I talked about me working with you and being affiliated with you, and he actually spoke very highly of you, so he, he does remember you quite well, which is a good thing. Yeah, no, that's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, I know Jimmy and all those guys over at the McAfee Alliance and all them guys. I've been invited out there. I just like, I know me and I know John. And like, 
I don't know, man. Like, that just, that might be a bad cocktail, me, like, at the McAfee compound just, like, kicking it. But uh, I could see you being able to pace yourself and moderate and, and, you know, be able to hang with those guys without overindulging. But me, I don't really have a limit until I end up in the ER. Like, that's my, that's right. my Right, no, I feel you. Um, but I'm yeah, not a huge I, drinker, so and I don't do any I don't do anything else except for smoke herbs. So I mean, I, I think I can smoke herb all day and night long with those people and still function fine. So with having your foot in that door, politically speaking, do you see any positives or negatives to like where they're kind of crypto advocates and political like parties? Are they using it as a gimmick? You think, or are they serious? Okay, well. Adam Kokesh's deal is completely separate because he's running on a platform to dissolve the federal government, to get everything back down to state and local levels. And McAfee's running on a platform of pro crypto and pro blockchain. But he's actually going in with this whole idea that he's not going to get voted for president. That's the first thing he said when I was talking to him about it. He's like, nobody in their right mind would vote for John McAfee as the president. So, um, with that being said, the reason he ran the last term in 2016, he said some things that were very positive about uh, or negative about the secure the internet security, cybersecurity, what America was doing in that aspect, how they were losing that race. And since he brought a lot of attention to cybersecurity in his last presidential run, He's saying the American government has now stepped up and now we're one of the leading cybersecurity experts. So he's hoping that by running on a pro cryptocurrency, pro blockchain campaign, that really what it's going to do is just get the attention of all the elites gotcha. and just and, and just basically be a, be a spokesperson for crypto and blockchain, which I think we need somebody who's outspoken, who represents that libertarian type values. I know he's crazy. I mean, we talked about it. I love how he said nobody in their right mind would vote for him, but, like, how many people voted for these nuts? You know what I mean? It's it's not that right. unlikely that crazy people will be out there in numbers. You know what I mean? Um, uh, but I, I'd I vote mean, for Donald, John Donald over Trump. most of these people that I see out there. And that's the thing, though, too. And, you know, he, he tells people he doesn't even want you to vote, not only for him, but he just doesn't want you to vote. He doesn't want anybody to participate anymore. Oh, which... so instead of vote or die, it's vote and die. Yeah. <laughs> Better not vote. Exactly. <laughs> so where do you see the current political, like, powers be and uh, where they're, like, trying to force their hands in regulations? Is, there, like, the agenda something that they can control or what, like... What is your perspective on that? I think regulation is a way for the governments and the central banking system to try to get some kind of control over what's going on in the cryptocurrencies. But it, it really depends. I mean, this is a tool. It's like a gun. A gun can be used to protect and a gun can be used to kill. And cryptocurrencies can be we – can, we can embrace decentralized technologies and decentralized cryptocurrencies – or we can embrace the centralized aspects that I think the governments are going to be pushing. I think they're going to be making it very hard for decentralization, but it, it really is deterrent on determined by what the people choose. And that's what people like me and you and all these other content creators who are crypto enthusiasts are trying to do is educate the masses as to what the value of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies represent.
Yeah, I think it's really trustlessness. And even these centralized, you know, entities could incorporate trustlessness without decentralizing themselves. And not to, like, bring it back to McAfee, but he made a point when he said that we're asking a, an untrusted entity, being the government, to have permission to use a permissionless system. What are, where is the irony in that entire statement? We, as... The, the cryptocurrency space, the people, the, the Satoshi Nakamoto's, we are the ones who regulate this. If there's something that we don't like as a community, we can come together and regulate things. We don't need the government to do this. But this is the old systems trying to stay relevant. Well, because we have we're we're moving forward. I mean, we have we have uh, the futures. We have an ETF that looks likely to be passed by uh, February next year. Um, you know, fidelity. A lot of institutional, you know, capital seems to be it's, rolling in. Why is insane. the price going down? You know, I really don't know, man. I mean, I'm not a trading expert. I'm not a person who can sit here and do technical analysis, so I can't really give a specific answer. Um, I think it's but aliens. But really what I have to I say think, about it. Just for the record, I think it's <laughs> aliens. They're suppressing the price. <laughs> it could be AI. It could be Sophia. Sophia, I mean, yeah, fucking there's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, this the stuff with the fork it doesn't... I mean, I know that wasn't the only factor, but things like that don't gel well with the public. And we're weeding out people. You got a lot... I think there's a lot of manipulation going on to get the price down because of these financial institutions that are coming in. Because any type of financial institution is going to invest or a stockbroker or something like that, they don't buy when the prices are high. They, they buy when the prices are low. And one of the terms is like when there's blood on the street, even their own blood, and that's when they buy. So I think a lot of this has to do with that. I mean, if you look what's going on with the ICE exchange and backed and things like that, these guys are trying to buy up as much Bitcoin as they can. And with the cryptocurrency market cap being so small, smaller than most stocks, you know, on New York Stock Exchange and things like that, as far as the market cap is concerned, it's fairly easy to manipulate these markets, especially on these smaller cap coins. And the, Oh, the and when the OTC trades ain't doing shit for nobody and these millionaires are buying crypto left and right, but it's not on the exchanges, it doesn't reflect at all. Right. And that's really what's happening when it comes to that's the a manipulation lot of, of the price. It's the OTC trades. Right, because you don't see the trade volume on the exchanges like that. DJ Meat Popsicle with the 420 Canadian dollar. Hey, bro, bro. Thanks, dude. DJ. I'm heading up to Canada for Satoshi's Ball on December 15th, actually. So I'll be in Ottawa. What is this Satoshi's Ball, man? Tell me what it is. So it's like a gathering of uh, crypto knots where we're going to basically celebrate crypto and party. Just have a good time. So like, you know, when you go to a conference and you're just mostly looking forward to the after party, it's that. The whole thing is, is an all day, all night after party. We have some mingling, a little bit of networking. Some, some people may pre present their things. We may have a booth here and there. But it's mainly a place for you to just go and network. Uh, there's a lot of developers in the area that are looking for gigs and a lot of projects that are looking for developers, uh, people that you know just want to check projects out or people that want to invest in projects. So we're just trying to make it like a meetup with a party in the meetup. So like a bigger meetup, smaller conference. 
That sounds cool, man. I saw saw there's going to be, like, some DJs and stuff like that, too. Yeah, we have three DJs. Uh, We have uh, a bar, an open bar over there if you have the VIP tickets. Uh, Otherwise, general admission is pretty inexpensive. It's, like, 40 bucks or something Canadian. And uh, the bar has, you know, a cash bar or crypto. So you can come in and you can use your crypto. We even have, like, a Bitcoin ATM machine at the venue. So if you wanted to buy or sell your crypto right there at the ATM, we have a Bitcoin ATM. Right, that's cool. So shout out to JustLearnCrypto.com, DJ Me Popsicle, Sean He Bear, all those guys up there, man. I can't wait to get back up to Canada. I think I'm going to head up there on like the 10th of December, possibly sooner, because I got to help them set up for the 15th. And That's when the be, event is, the 15th? Yeah. Okay. Uh, then I'll be back here in time for Christmas, and uh, starting next year... I'm really diving harder into the podcast thing. That's what this whole thing is that we're doing. Like right here, I have the open podcast thing where anybody can come on and we can talk for an hour. So I'm um, doing that every single day. And uh, I'm going to try to do one one video a week where I do editing and stuff like a tutorial video or a review video or a how-to video. Or even if I'm just like doing like a recap of like the week and just like walking down the street talking or something for like 10 minutes kind of a thing. Um, I want to do something like that once a week. And then I want to get really get back into the last week in crypto tonight because uh, I miss I miss it. It was fun, but it's really hard with all of us that have our own things going on to get here like, you know, the same time, same day every week. Uh, hopefully yeah, we can that, iron that out. That did get rough. I mean, I, I ended up um, because the market's going down and me not wanting to live off of all my crypto and not have any crypto when the prices go up. I ended up having to get back into a job where I was earning fiat money, so I'm working four nights a week. You know, that's made it a little bit rough. Direct deposit? No, I'm getting. Fortunately, I'm getting paid cash under the table. So. Okay. Cool. 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 Well, then. um, Yeah. Yeah. Do your own little OTC trades and buy crypto at an undercut value. You know, find somebody that's looking to sell for a discount, and you could buy it at a discount. Yeah, actually, accumulating a little bit more crypto, and I've been actually accumulating more silver, actually, too, man. Um, I like to diversify a little bit. I love crypto, but I think that precious metals are another route to go, especially if we see, like, you know, when I talk when I talk about politics and things, I do feel like economically on a global level, even on a f- level of just in the United States, that we're in a lot of turmoil. And I think that cryptocurrencies are going to end up becoming the answer to all the world's problems. So having physical precious metals and stuff like that, in addition to your cryptos, I think is going to be an excellent thing, especially if we see something like the crash of the U.S. dollar, which a lot of people are anticipating. Yeah, no, I have never gotten into precious metals. I feel like I should have diversified in, especially during the the bull run. But uh, perspective is uh, key and... Hindsight's twenty twenty, so um, I don't got any of those. I'm just driving blind. But silver's I, super cheap right now. It's like fourteen fifty an ounce, man. So like you can go get like a little Bitcoin. You can actually get one of these in silver, and just instead of having the cheap metal ones you got, actually have some of value. I got one of those. Uh, and I'm sure in all your coins, coins you've gotten in all those conferences, 
Yeah, I'm sure you got some actual precious metals from your con conferences. I know that you got some silver in there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I have one specifically somewhere around here. I can't find it right now offhand, but it's there. It's um from Omar Bam, and it's just a silver coin from one of the treasuries or whatever. It's like a, you know, a government minted silver coin. It's pretty cool. So That's I got cool. one I got one silver coin. Uh I'm diversified, I guess. Uh <laughs> like I said, I wish I diversified a little bit more. There's even ways to get into, you know, these these hard assets through crypto now and I kinda wish I looked more into that by like, you know, trading my Bitcoin for gold and trading my gold back for Bitcoin, stuff like that that I didn't know I could do, but now you can and there's a lot more that we can do now with our yeah. crypto that we used to be able to and it's weird that the price is still going down even though the use case is going up adoption rates going up attention all these things are going up we're even competing now with overall transactions for like with mastercard and shit like you know but the bitcoin price isn't competing anymore it's it doesn't it's it's just really weird you know to see like, and none of it make none of it makes any sense so uh, I I feel like the 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 most uh, the the best thing I could do right now is nothing, right? Like I can't make sense of the market. It's not reflecting the way it should be. And right. So I'm just. Gonna it's like, are we at the bottom? Is there? Are we going to go lower? Should I sell what I got now? Should I, you know? I feel you. That's why I like hodl, man. Hodl. I mean, it's, we've been it testing really... <laughs> these limits before, and Bitcoin took back off over to about eight thousand dollars to come back down a little bit. But last time we were around this range, it just bounced. And I don't know what to really look for. There's like TA is is snake oil, man. It's like you know tea leaves. It makes no sense, man. I mean, you have like a couple factors but then you could wake up and the, the market's down 20 percent well i had i mean when the price went down to like the 6500 mark and was testing there for a while i had a lot of people saying that they really felt it was going to go down to like the 4800 to four thousand dollar price and then if it went there then it could possibly go back down to like the 32 and i don't understand why it would have to go back down to test support and resistance at those levels I don't understand why people are selling at the prices that they're selling at, but I guess we're really getting rid of the people who don't believe in this technology because I'm, I'm pretty sure that as many times as me and you talk that I can say in confidence that me and you are not into cryptocurrencies for the profit. It's nice to be able to make money and have a living off of this, but our goal in this is to basically educate people as to what this technology can do to help change things, to help yep. break away from shit. So, you know, I mean, since I had to get a job making fiat money, I'm not so stressed about where the price is because technically they say when you invest in any investment, never invest more than you're willing to lose. And I don't see Bitcoin going to zero. No, and so I definitely, it's going to go to, accumulate. it's going to pass all time highs before it goes down that low. That's for sure. Yeah. It may have another pop in and two in it. I don't know, man. Uh, the, the price in tech and everything is just really weird to look at. Like it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't correspond. There's Bitcoin passed $20,000 before we even had the futures, ETFs, any of this stuff that's come in. Uh, before we've had fidelity and all this institutional capital ability, it just, you know, it's kind of looks obviously manipulated. It's just hard to point your yeah, finger well, it's, at it's the all, manipulation. 
it's almost like what we see happening with Ripple. You know, like when you see Ripple blow up in price and then there's a sell-off and it drops. It's almost as if like that same kind of manipulation that goes on with Ripple during especially the Q4 time period towards the end of the year is the same thing that took place with Bitcoin. I feel like the price was pumped up artificially because there really was no reason for the price to go from where it, from the 10,000 to 20,000 price range. Like not that quickly that was not a very healthy jump up and a lot of people knew we were going to see a correction but i didn't see to think that we we're going to see a correction down to the level that we are now i got into crypto like first bought my bitcoin in may of last year we're getting ready possibly to be right there at those prices we're like 1500 dollars above where it was in may of 2017 so maybe potentially it's about the same price it was a year ago right now which is insane to think about especially when that from four thousand to twenty thousand back down and all it's insane now um i do have a friend of mine that i learned trade from trading from but because of the markets being down i haven't been focusing myself on any trading but I have been curious about what's going on. And somebody who I like to watch, who's on YouTube, who also does some technical analysis, is Tiho from Arcane Bear. I don't know if you ever watching the Arcane Bear stuff. I know. But he's actually been calling a lot of content, a lot of trade calls and analysis is almost spot on with a lot of things recently. So he's got a real good feeling for the whole entire market. And a lot of it he he brings back to the Fibonacci, just being natural occurrences. Hmm, and he just sees the natural flow and how this yeah. how this happens. So I love him too, actually. Ellie Ellie's in the chat. Uh, Ellie, how goes it? Um, I actually have one of her paintings on my wall right here. I bought with crypto when I was in LA with Omar Bam and them. It was pretty cool. But yeah, dude. Yeah, I saw her. I saw her paintings on um, Instagram. Her paintings are. Fun. She's doing some awesome artwork. Shout dude, out! Ellie. I I grabbed some for some crypto man. I I bought two of her paintings. I have one here and um, uh, summer. It's me, boss lady. Has another one I bought. I'm just either waiting on that or whatever. But um, yeah, dude, it was really cool. So where do you what are you doing with your crypto this year that you weren't doing last year? Anything new? Like have you found yourself like using it more, doing more things with it, or is it really just like the hot old just hold it, don't look at it, don't touch it? No, man. I've been I've been using and spending my cryptocurrency as well. I mean, that's one of the aspects. I mean, that's how you're educating people as to what's going on is trying to use it. You know, when me and you were around, I do I noticed when you were in Ubers and Lyfts, you you always ask the drivers whether or not they know about Bitcoin always. cryptocurrencies. Every so I try, time. I try to do things like that. Um, I've been spending it more traveling, going to the conferences and things like that, going to the Integrity slash crypto shit shows. Uh, so using it for airfare. Um, we got a hotel room in Vegas together, uh, the Integrity show, and um, I paid in fiat. You gave me your little bit back in ethereum yep so you know we're definitely using the cryptocurrencies i mean I, I don't suggest hodling everything all the time i think that you know we need to give use case to this because i believe that bitcoin is more than a store of value yeah you can't I'm, just hodl it and and post memes of people like poking bitcoin with a stick saying do something you have to do something with it Right, you can't be a, a cryptocurrency content creator and not use cryptocurrency. That wouldn't make any sense. No, yeah, I only accept fiat. 
<laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely have, since I've, I've gotten less out of that greedy stage and more focused on what's important and in the long-term picture of things where when I first got into crypto, my eyes got big, you know, and I got that, that green devil of, of wanting to uh, just get rich quick and that doesn't turn out very well most time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I've been using it more and more. Like I said, I'm all in, so, like, I have to use it. But I find more different ways to use it. For, even from, like, Steam it to, like, you know, we were on DLive for a while until they switched over. Uh, BitTube, Bit.Tube has, like, their own currency, blockchain, and, you know, uh, use case. Uh, I, I don't know. I find myself, like, this video. I could put this video that's on YouTube. I could put it on BitTube and earn crypto through just, you know, re platforming content that I already created, just making sure it's on multiple platforms. And that's basically what I'm doing is I'm putting up like from my content from my YouTube page, not a hundred percent of the content is is I put a hundred percent of my content on other decentralized social media platforms like BitTube, DTube, Steemit and things like that. And about eighty percent of my content on my YouTube channel because I'm encouraging people from my YouTube channel to go and check out my other content. That way they can also discover this whole idea of getting paid to, like especially with BitTube, because you're getting paid to watch as well as uploading. Yep. So it's a really interesting concept. And you got a lot yep. of these decentralized, like I haven't used minds.com, but that's another platform that's paying out in a cryptocurrency. Um, there's all sorts of uh, new things like whale shares came out that's com comparable to Steemit. I'm not sure if it's a fork of Steemit or if it's a fork of BitShares, but it's utilizing both in some sense. And then Smoke.io, which is a decentralized um, cannabis site. Yep. I had a guest site. on. We talked about all of this. It's actually Was that Rex. Yeah, Rex with delegated yeah. proof of stake uh, conversation I had with him. We talked about whale shares, smoke.io and all these platforms. I have to check that out. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of places for like, you know, these I these figured that online was a, all porn communities. Talk, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that too though. I mean, there, any any digital <laughs> community, you know, you can sort of now make into an economy, you know, where it's content being created, consumed and curated, verified, reputated, you know, all these acts uh, are something that you can gamify to have a self-sustaining ecosystem of quality. And that's like what we're doing with Steam and BitTube and it's kind of what like YouTube isn't, you know, where they like, I think even Tone Vase had an issue with his YouTube channel recently. A lot of cannabis content creators have problems with their YouTube channels and like social media platforms that are centralized like Facebook and Twitter are just the devil, you know. It's, I mean, the censorship is getting crazy. I mean, when, when they, I feel like they were testing the waters with the Alex Jones stuff by censoring him and seeing how people were going to react. And they did, because they did he, react. And, and nobody gave a shit. You know, and, and really, you know, well, whether or not you really believe in what somebody shit. says. I mean, I feel like Alex Jones kind of just wanted to cry about it. He didn't do any. He was not proactive. He was just pro-whining. Well, some people call him controlled opposition. But yeah. just the, the idea of what they did and the fact that a lot of people didn't make an uproar about it. And then within a couple months, they start shutting down all the YouTube, all these other Facebook groups. Omar had gotten kicked off of Facebook for whatever reason i don't even know what the reasons were i don't know if he even knows what the reasons were 
So, I mean, it's just a lot of censorship is happening. And I think it's really important that we promote these decentralized social media platforms because one day you might get on YouTube and we won't be on here anymore. And we won't know anything. Well, that's what they want, though. I mean, that's the that's and a lot of people enjoy censorship. You know, they they like that uh, they can go to a platform and they don't have to worry about running in anything new or controversial that will upset them. You know what I mean? Like people are like triggered by think. things. No, don't yeah. don't tell me how the world really is. Don't don't make me think. You know, don't make me realize how shitty of a life that we live and that I need to do something to change it. No, God forbid. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, dude. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm digging that freaking hoodie, dude. Tour de crypto. I got to hang out with those guys in Vegas at World CryptoCon where we were at for my uh for my birthday and stuff. What are you got going to any conferences? You got any plans up coming up? What what are you up to? Um, my plans are to get my ass back into creating content and doing that on a regular, trying to do it every day. Uh, mixture of the stuff that I've been doing, kind of cryptocurrency, news, tutorials, interviews, talk about some anarchy, voluntarist-related topics, and do a lot more videos about practice change. So is it like I, vlogging stuff, or uh, are you going to be... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work on... I've been trying to work on, like, editing and putting out more professional-quality stuff. So, I mean, I've been upgrading my equipment. I'm ordering studio lights. So i got a new webcam, and got me a new microphone and so I'm, I'm trying to step up my game with production especially as a contributor with world alternative media i just can't do a like a interview on zoom and just edit out the intro and outro and put it on you put it on their channel i've got to have cool people professional and editing correctly dude it's really cool that you're working with uh, world alternative media i got to meet basically the whole team in vegas uh, i know like all the guys that are working with them and um What's that, uh, crap, what's his name? Uh, Josh Gertson? No, not Josh, I know Josh. Uh, Alan? No, Aaron? Uh, what's his name? He has the money in his lapel. Um, the, there's two guys with World Alternative Media. There's, there's John Thor Snorson, he's the, and then, and then I'm not sure about on the back end of it, Maybe I'm but most of the videos are being done by Josh. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else then. But yeah, sure. Josh was, uh, dude. Can we talk about what happened to him there? Like, I don't, I don't want to talk. Yeah, well, he just, he, he just, he just moved, he just moved to Vegas too, and he's a Canadian, so he, he, he desperately hates Canada, even though you love Canada. Oh, he I hates love Canada. Canada. So he know, wanted to get, dude. he want, he's the opposite. He came to the states to get away from Canada, but yeah, he do. That, you talking about what happened at World CryptoCon? Yeah, dude, that was crazy what happened to him. And I think it was because he was with World Alternative Media. Like, that's the craziest part. I think it's because of the what World Alternative Media represents. It's like we are change, what Luke Radowski and all these other guys do, try to speak truth. And before we go into what happened with World CryptoCon, World Alternative Media with Josh Sigurdsson, he was supposed to have press passes to go to to go to the conference and right as they were supposed to go and get their laminates and their credentials they were told that they were taken off the list and then jeff berwick the dollar vigilante was supposed to speak and they canceled him and they were calling someone from world CryptoCon. apparently i don't know all the specifics because i didn't hear it from them but i heard it from josh and jeff and they were like they were apparently being called Nazis. Yeah, it's and then a couple weird. days later, a couple days later, Josh is out 
socializing, you know, everybody's having a good time. It's Vegas and people are partying. And I think it was the night that um, the before the convention started that yeah, it was Wednesday. Yeah, Halloween night. Yeah, somebody apparently drugged drugged him. Yeah, with like a poison. Yeah. He had to go to the hospital and have his stomach pumped. So, yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah, apparently, safe, like, I guess. It messed, uh, it messed with his heart. It messed with his heart, and, like, he, he, he almost passed away. He was in intensive care for a minute. It was pretty – it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, anytime that you're speaking out against things that people don't like, you're, we're going to have issues like this. I mean, whether it's the government cracking down saying you're not doing this, you're not doing that because – they're they're not good. the government and powers that be don't want people like me, you, Josh, and and people like this to exist. They don't want people to wake people up. They want people to be sheep and just listen. So anytime you're you're trying, and if you go onto World Alternative Media's website, they cover a lot of great content. You know, I mean, I got to give a shout out to all the different independent alternate news organizations that are trying to give us good news, like something that's not given from a biased point of view that's trying to share information. Because if you really like research what's going on, there's a lot of information in the United States. Our, our media is not reporting and they're even censoring other countries news coming into our country so that we can't see some of these other things happening around the world, which a lot of that, is a lot of animosity towards the American dollar. There's a lot of animosity. There's like the Russia, China, the BRICS nations, a lot of the Middle Eastern nations, Venezuela, they're all fighting against killing the, the dollar bill. So they're calling it de-dollarization. Now China is selling Petro. That was the only thing that gives the American dollar any value. And that's actually something I'm going to be doing is a little bit of a content series about economics, getting into kind of why we got to where we are, how the, how the Federal Reserve got so much power and so much control since 1913 and where things have like kind of gone downhill as far as our inflation of our dollar bill. The fact that our system is designed to not encourage people to save because by saving money, you have less purchasing power with the money you have 20 years from now, you put money in a bank, the interest you earn versus you could have bought more when you put the money in the bank than saving it and buying something later. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is that thing that you bought increasing in value so you can get more money back later in 20 years for it? You know, like you were saying, right. silver and gold and things like that. So, so... so yeah, it's got to be smart about it, so what's going on, man? Like, you know, I actually haven't been able to shoot the shit with you since Halloween because of how busy we are and stuff. So, like, 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 what's going on, dude? What do you want to talk about? What's been on your mind? Are you checking out the Bitcoin Cash Fork? Um, have you found yourself missing BitConnect like me? Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I miss US. I miss USI Tech and BitConnect and all those Ponzi schemes. No, um. I mean, I've been doing a lot of, honestly, I mean, because the markets have been down and I keep up with the news, but I don't keep up with it like right away like I used to do. I've been trying to take a step away from indulging myself into cryptocurrencies because for a while, that's all all I was doing. It was just really, really like constantly looking at my block folio, looking at coin market cap, checking out news sites. And it's really, I was not living life and 
I've been trying to spend more time with family lately. I've been trying to spend more time with my girlfriend. I've been trying to do a lot of self-reflecting. Um, with my practice change stuff, I've noticed kind of getting off path a little bit and wanting to focus more on that kind of aspects of myself because I talk about with cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies allowing us to be able to change aspects of the world. If we don't change who we are as people, we're going to keep having the same problems that we keep that's been going on throughout history. So I try to be that change. And a lot of what I've been doing recently is focusing on how I can be more of that change and, and what I can do to help my voice to be heard by other people without with with taking the ego part out of it. You know, talking because, about shit that we love in this industry is fucking hard because, like, damn near everything's a scam or turns out to be one, you know? And uh, I think yeah. that's a good segue into the shit that we had to deal with, like, Bitcoin-topia. And, you know, I even had to deal with some shit with a project called Clout, you know? And it's just, like, we want to talk to the people about the things that we love, but unfortunately, you know, these, we're, we're not experts. I'm not an expert. I just like things and want to talk about the things that I like. So it's just, you know, it's hard to do that and walk on eggshells and be enthusiastic at the same time. I just, you know, I'm with you. I just want to talk about the things that I Yeah, but I mean, it's, 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 I still think it's super important, man, that like people like me and you do what we're doing though, regardless of what we think people are going to think. When I, when I came into, okay, rewind. When you did the cloud project, you were involved with cloud on a minimal level, and then you found out things you didn't like. You separated yourself, and you exposed it for what it was. You confronted Sean, et cetera. You did what you needed to do to distance yourself. You went in with the best of intentions, found out they didn't have the best of intentions, and you distanced yourself and exposed it. And that's what I did. I mean, when I went into the position with Bitcoin Topia as the uh, chief marketing officer, I told you, I told several other people that we know um, that I wasn't sure if this project was 100% on the up and up and that I was ready to expose it or I was ready to help make it be something great. And unfortunately, it just ended up being something that had to be exposed. I mean, I can't believe they got mainstream media with what they were doing. That's the craziest part. Like, you know, that's where it gets real tricky. It's like, yeah, well. It helped to sell. Like we, when I first got brought on, we, um, what zero zero hedge had an article on Bitcoin Topia immediately, and that got Jeff Berwick and a bunch of other people interested. Then Vice UK interviewed yeah, us. Yeah, Vice, that was crazy. Which, yeah, I mean, that's totally crazy. Um, and then you know, I mean, because it's it's exciting, dude, and the whole idea, the whole sales sales pitch from Morgan's end to me. It was an excellent idea. And if somebody could implement it correctly, like possibly blockchains LLC, um, it could be done. You know, I don't know about the idea of succeeding from the United States because that was not something that I was pushing even as an anarchist. You just don't try to form a community right away and just secede from the United States. Like you're not going to get the community off the ground. But the sad thing was, I mean, like I found out that Morgan Rockwell, Raccoons, the CEO founder didn't own the amount of land that he claimed to own right? and had to basically expose that. Um, 
going he, he said he fired me and i went with that publicly because i talked to attorneys and they told me that if i had to deal with any lawsuits being fired was in my best interest then after a couple months i was like you know screw this and letting people know you know i really was not fired i've, I've stepped down before all this stuff happened and stuff that i really haven't gotten to go public with is after i separated myself i was contacted by the department of homeland security and these are the same people that had arrested him on his charges in last February with the money laundering charges and selling Bitcoin without the the money license. Right, and that's when he was selling it to somebody who was buying, like, you know, uh, drug processing equipment. That's what they were saying that the cash came from, and I was an undercover DHS agent, yeah. which... Uh, and so, so, they that's they crazy. I, I just want to kind of get, like, past the scamming shit. It's making my skin crawl. Yeah. I'm like, eh... <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I, I get it. It's all dead and over with. But I, I heard there's new projects popping up in Nevada that is very similar to this concept right now. That's what I was mentioning. At block, blockchains LLC. Like, I've been – I watched um, Omar, actually, Cryptos News. Uh, he shot a video when he went to Prague with the, the CEO doing his presentation. That's when – I think it was that Thursday of the conference – which would have been the 1st of November, is when that Blockchains LLC made their public statement and gave uh, an idea of what they were doing. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, Ken, like, definitely check it out because these guys got their stuff together as far as their long-term plan and what they're doing. But uh, it's, it's two attorneys that are brothers that, I guess, happened to invest heavily in Ethereum, became millionaires, and they bought... A bunch of land right outside of Reno, Nevada. I, I can't remember the total acreage, but they actually own this and it's legit. And they put themselves around strategic partners like Tesla for reasons. And they're planning on building a community that's going to be located right outside of Reno. Um, I've reached out to them telling them that I'm available for marketing and things like that. I think I would probably have to go through like the traditional element of sending a resume which I'm not really a big fan of. No, if you don't want to hire me when I tweet you, I don't want to work for you. <laughs> and and the, the Bitcoin Topia project got a lot of leeway, and I made a lot of traction with that, and I feel like I've gotten a lot of the community's trust because of what I did. So I feel like I would be a perfect candidate for helping out with what they're trying to do, especially if it's in the state of Nevada, because... I've, I've learned a lot about the laws. It's not like I would go in there personally and obviously build the city, but they need they need real people, not some lawyers, to relate to the just the everyday person. Some rich lawyer who says he wants to change the world because his daughter made him think that I need to do something with myself. That's not going to get to everybody. So you need to have everyday people, you know, people like me and you. You know, promoting these things and these ideas because it's more than just the idea of creating a city. Blockchains LLC are doing um, some pretty intense stuff. They bought like two EMP-proof military bunkers in the United States. Um, they bought a mountain in Sweden that's EMP-proof military. It's military grade. They bought that's some intense. other. EMP 
Yeah, they're and they're doing this as storage facilities for like I guess they're going to have some sort of wallet system they're going to be creating. And you know, like when you have a wallet, the cryptocurrency is not actually physically on your wallet; it's stored on a server at somebody's location. So in that sense, you want to have your servers protected, and these servers are going to be like an EMP proof bunkers and stuff. So I mean, if we see any type of World War Three kind of action take place. I mean, we're going to see different technologies being used, and I could see EMPs happening, which will take out electronic yeah, stuff. Yeah, but if it comes to that, we got bigger problems than our private keys to worry about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree, but I'm just saying. If you, so they're taking they're taking all these different measures. So it's it's actually really interesting to see what these guys are doing. But Nevada itself, dude, like Coin Sierra Clubs out there. Tokes is out there. There's a lot of companies building in the state of Nevada because of the fact that the state itself is so pro-crypto and pro-blockchain. Right. Well, what pro what other projects have you found throughout the year that you've liked or that have impressed you? Because there's a lot that have disappointed us. There's a lot of failures and letdowns. But have you found any projects or any kind of like you know, companies that have kind of surprised you or impressed you throughout the year? I mean, I've joined. I I became. I I have to be biased with saying Coin Sierra's Club, and you know, but I also work with them now too. So, um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, there's been a lot of innovation done, but there's not really anything that's like struck me so much as like, yeah, like there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. Like the Hoglet app and Horde Wallet, those okay. are some things that I'm looking forward to. Um, but I haven't really found. Um, no, I, I mean I know there's a lot of good things going on in in the industry, but nothing that like super excites me and makes me tingle. Yeah, I think it's because you may be desensitized to the adult industry, but I think Spank Chain has probably been the most technologically impressive project in this space all year. Um, I mean, they're, they're streaming, they're, they're tipping the, the entire platform just works. They have users, they have a use case. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like a lot of the things that Spank Chain's doing is revolutionary, like straight up. And I'm really excited for this, like strokentokens.com and seeing what they're going to be able to do with the whole, like, you know, adult platform bounty thing. Like. It's, I don't know, it's pretty empowering. Now, with um, what I will say with the adult industry with cryptocurrencies, the one thing that I do respect that I actually have a newfound love for in candy, uh, Rex's candy actually kind of turned me on to this idea, was that it gives the power back to the content creator, which, which is an excellent thing, and I like to see everything be decentralized. And if you really also think about a lot of the innovations that have taken place on the internet, a lot of the test ground was using the internet, the adult industry websites. So you would find these, they're using these technologies that eventually other people start utilizing. Like, I think it was the porn industry that made DVDs the standard. Oh, yeah. No, and they did. They, they did a lot of things. You know, they, so, you know, they're the testing ground for things. So I think it's only natural that you're seeing the adult industry embracing cryptocurrencies and blockchain and I, and I have checked out what stroke and token does so it's not like I'm completely ignorant to the whole thing but 
it, you know, you know, it's not my thing, but I have checked it out because I want to, I want to know what is going on and how these things are being utilized. Yeah. And Coincierge club or coincierge.club. Uh, I'm not, I don't really work for them or with them, but I've, I've met the team. I know Daryl and everybody, and I got to use the actual wallet at a bar and buy like beer and food and stuff with crypto. Uh, even Tokes. And you've interviewed interviewed him too. Yeah. I've had him on my show and Tokes with uh, Michael Wagner and the team of their Tokes platform. You know, you can buy cannabis and they're using their blockchain to try to solve supply chain issues that the cannabis industry deals with. So like, yeah, my first Vegas trip, me and you went to Pisos, right? Yeah, dude, this year has been an impressive year for me. I've been keeping my eye on all these things and a lot of them are progressing. A lot of them are moving forward and really just surprising me by not really being like showboaty marketing ICO vaporware, but just getting the shit built, using it, building partnerships and moving forward. Yeah, collaboration is key. I've been seeing a lot of collaboration taking place, a lot of cryptocurrencies. That is something that excites me because I think that I think when you have a lot of competition, it's good. But when you have some of the same companies that are doing similar to the same things, I think it's good to collaborate in some aspects like you're seeing with um, Nexus is collaborating with a couple different cryptocurrencies. Um they're doing that with AGI, the Artificial General Intelligence token that has Sophia on their team as the chief humanoid. So yeah, I think that's awesome. And I am looking forward to what Nexus is going to do. This is different. It's a grape uh, CBD oil. But yeah, Nexus, uh, I, I need Nexus to work or something like it. I'm so done with like, we need decentralized this, decentralized that. And I'm like, but the internet's so centralized. Like, right. Jesus, can we just. And that's what, you know, when I, I was asking uh, McAfee about like if he liked any of these decentralized social media platforms, and he said that he doesn't even really spend any time on the traditional internet, he's all about the dark web. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I uh, fun fact: I have never entered the dark web. Like, lead me not to temptation. I I live right down the street from it. I can just you know I don't I don't need it on my computer, and especially right. with crypto. I haven't either. I feel like it. I feel like it opens yourself up to being attacked because I don't think you have the same levels of protection that you would have. You know, if you're intelligent, I'm sure you could protect yourself. But yeah, of course, of course, the HTTP is protecting you as well as the other end users. Um, so yeah, I guess before we wrap things up, I just want to see like, where do you see stuff headed, man? Like, what's it going to take to get this uh, market to where it was back in you know December and when we were at these all-time highs? This you know euphoric feeling. What what is missing? What what do we need to do? Even though I feel like it's completely unnecessary, I think it's going to take things like um, backed actually, you know, launching the ICE exchange, launching with what they're doing, going to be doing, and the ETF. Unfortunately, it's not something that we need, but I think that will be help to be a catalyst. Oh, itchy back. Ah. <laughs> oh. No, Those dude, things are awesome. I think the ETF is what's going to really do it. Uh, I feel like the OTC trades and all these uh, fancy rich people are manipulating the price on the way down. Um, I feel like it's this is price manipulation and, what's happening. And once we get these, 
Once we get this ability for institutional wealth to roll in, traditionally speaking, insured and all that shit, it will reflect on the market or reflect on the asset. And I'm more worried about how fast the price will take off rather than how slow and steady it's been coming down. Right. No, I think I think once we hit that bull run, it's going to go insane. Most definitely. But I, I, I don't see the price jumping up before the end of the year. I, I definitely think that it's going to probably be going based off what a lot of people are saying. And I'm not giving financial advice, but just in my opinion, we're probably going to see the price go down a little further and test some sort of support and resistance until we hit that ETF time period. And when we get closer to that ETF time period, and for whatever reason, the general public feels more comfortable when the government gets involved and regulates things because then. They feel like it's not the wild, wild west. So sadly for the general public, when they see more more government regulation take place. I don't know and, how they could enforce government regulations, though. Like, that's the thing that really, like, it just doesn't make sense. I'll just fork. How do you regulate against that, you know, or, right. I'll, or I'll opt out? Like, I mean, yeah, regulations prevent this, that, and the other thing. But if you go to your local bar, I'm sure you could do a cash you know, transaction and it won't be uh, taxed. They won't report that transaction. So that'll just be the equivalent, you know, of opting out of, you know, FedCoin and just accepting Bitcoin, even if you try to regulate it. I don't know. With the regulations, what we're really seeing is a brain drain of, you know, incentives to build better things elsewhere. Well, I mean, it's our job, dude, to wake people up as to what's right and what's wrong, you know, about what's about what the power of decentralization is about, because otherwise the governments are just going to keep trying to take control of these things. Yeah, well, decentralization so, is like I just encourage has many layers, um, you know, it's like an umbrella term. What I'm really hoping we can aim for first is trustlessness, because even centralized uh, companies and parties can use, you know, their central whatever systems they've already implemented, but incorporate a means of trustlessness and... Uh, transparency. Transparency, Just transparency. Yeah. But um, until then, I don't think we'll I mean, see important in the business strive world. for decentralization. Until the business world knows how to survive in a open source, trustless world, there's no incentives to become decentralized. And you are seeing that more from the bigger companies um, since I, you know, I'm taking a break from school now, but I'm going to school for business administration and, and transparency is a very, very important topic and social responsibility. So you're seeing a lot of companies, Google, I mean, they're very, very open about what they do. Um, same thing with Amazon. It's not like they're hiding anything. So if you know how to go in and look through their information, everything's there. They give yeah. quarterly, quarterly reports, yearly reports. I mean, you can see where their money's going and how they're spending it, what kind of profits are being made, et cetera. You're seeing a lot more companies that are being open. It's, it's more of these financial institutions like J.P. Morgan and stuff like that, corporations like Walmart that are trying to hide what whatever. Right. So but I, I agree. Tra transparency is key. Supply chain, I think that's where it's going to start. I think they're going to figure out a way to make uh, supply chain more transparent, more trustless. And they're incentivized to do this because of the money they'll save from XYZ insurance, this, that, and the other. And then it will be like trickle down trustlessness. Like, you know what I mean? It'll, it'll just 
roll and snowball into everything else. And then yeah. then we'll have the decentralized, you know, snowball after that. Uh, I guess we're going to be able to wrap things up. Let everybody know, like, where you are, what you do, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Again, I got a YouTube channel, so definitely check that out. Like, subscribe, and share. Uh, follow me on Twitter, on Steemit, BitTube, at Rice Crypto, Instagram, at Rice Crypto, pretty much everywhere at Rice Crypto. So I try to be as active as I can on social media, and I'm getting ready to start being more proactive with my content creation. So I encourage people to check that out. I'm also a contributor with World Alternative Media. So you can check out the content that I've done. You can check out their channel. I also encourage you guys to like and subscribe, that stuff. And when we were talking earlier about last week in crypto, tonight you can actually check out our old episodes. On my YouTube channel, i got a playlist of all the videos we did in the past with Crypto Mac on YouTube. And then you can check us out on our Steemit account at Last Week Crypto. You can also follow us on Twitter at Last Week Crypto, too. Yeah, so, Rice yeah. Crypto, everybody. He's a part of your uh, Balance Crypto Breakfast over here. Um, <laughs> all the links are in the description box below. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be doing a live stream with Sean Hebert. We're going to be talking about the Satoshi's Ball. So we'll get way more detail about that. Uh, he actually just interviewed James Green, the CEO and founder of uh, Stroke and Tokens, which is another one of my sponsors of this. And uh, yeah, guys, I'll be doing this every day. Every single day for one hour, I'll be streaming with strangers. Rice, not so much a stranger, but basically because anybody can come on the show. I have a Twitter on Twitter, Kenneth Bozak. You can click on the link in the pinned tweet and you can just book a time. Come on. we can. That's what I had to do to talk to you, man. Dude, I had to book that's how time. fucking busy I am, but it's honestly open source. It's so true. Anybody but I love can come you, bro. Um, so I'm excited for tomorrow to talk with Shawnee Bear. So guys, if you enjoyed this live stream, uh, please, please pound that thumbs up button. Just, it looks like this, it looks like this one. Don't, don't, this one is very similar, but this is not the same. Click this one, uh, click on subscribe and flick the alert bell. Like hold your phone and just flick the alert bell. It makes a ding noise. Don't believe me. Try it. Um, drop some comments below and yeah, again, guys, check out Rice Crypto. The dude's doing big things over with World Alternative Media. You know, he's, he's interviewing potential presidents over here, guys. So thank you and have a day. All right, we're off the air.